Pruitt with another episode of Rising Tide Startups. And my guest today is Eric Nevins. Eric, thank you for joining us on Rising Tide. Thanks for having me, Kevin. I'm glad to be here. So tell our Rising Tiders a little bit about Eric Nevins. Yeah, well, so I live in Denver, Colorado with my wife of just now 23 years as of a couple of weeks ago. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Um, it's, yeah, it's been an interesting ride. It's good. It's been a long time. Um, we also have four kids. My oldest is looking to go to college, which has been a very interesting journey. She wants to be a writer. <laughs> and uh, she's 17. My wife and I met when we were 17. So that's also really weird to think about. Um, and then we have three boys, um, another high schooler, and then two grade schoolers. So that's, that's kind of me. I am worked for 13 years in the financial industry, not really enjoying it. And uh, now I'm a podcaster and getting to use my gifts and abilities every day. And I love it. So let's, let's just dive right into the, the transition here. So you said you were in the financial industry. What specifically did you do? Well, I did a lot of operational work, which is the grunt work of the financial <laughs> industry. Uh, for instance, I would bounce people's checks sometimes. That's, that was my job. Somebody actually does that. Did you, you probably didn't know that, but it was, uh, it was at first you start out and you're like, I don't want to bounce somebody's check. You know, it's so bad. And then later you're like, you don't have any money. Yeah, you got to go. Um, <laughs> Charging people. Anyway. A little crass and a little yeah, you do. after a while, yeah. I imagine that's what it's like to be a bouncer. I used to say I was a bouncer. <laughs> Bounce people's checks. <laughs> anyway, stuff, stuff like that. I did visa fraud for a long time, looking uh, looking at transactions and stuff like that. So uh, just boring kind of financial operational stuff. So did you start kind of in the podcast thing, like kind of nights and weekends and kind of mm -hmm. dip your toe in that a little bit? And then was there, a, walk us through the kind of the transition of yeah. how you walked out of the bouncer in, into podcasting. Yeah, well, I did that for, so I had the idea to start a podcast in 2014. Podcasts were starting to get bigger. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's, I think that's about when Serial came out, maybe. Yeah. Um, John Dumas says Entrepreneur on Fire. I discovered that. And I'm yeah. sitting in my cube doing all this work. Um, and I was entertaining myself by sticking my earbuds in and listening to podcasts. And then I started to think, I was really frustrated because I had gone to seminary. I went to Denver Seminary, have a Master of Divinity with an emphasis in spiritual formation. And I wanted to have an impact on my gifts and abilities and my training. That's why nobody goes to school thinking I'm never going to use this, right? Um, but I was not in work and that frustrated me. So I ended up, um, one day I, I, actually heard another interview with a, with a podcaster who had a much looser style than the shows that I usually listen to. And he made me go, Oh, I could do that. I was having tons of great conversations with people over coffee and dinner and things like that. Um, but not capturing them. And so I realized, uh, that I would like to, to do that. I also got very interested in, uh, the spiritual journey and how people grow. That's been my question since I was mm -hmm. a kid. How do people grow spiritually? That's why I went to seminary. Um, and so I wanted to demonstrate that in a podcast. So I, I started 2014. I had the idea 2015. I finally started to take some action. Got bought a little digital recorder, which I've got right here. You can, you can see, you said you do mm -hmm. video so people can see it. Um, and I started doing some interviews, but it took me a whole nother year to actually publish it, uh, in 2016. I did that. Um, put out my first 13 episodes with fear and trembling <laughs> and then uh, figured out, oh, I've got to find some new people to start interviewing, even though I've been over a year. Um, 
but it took me, it was, it was three years or two, two and a half years of just, um, podcasting. Uh, I made a commitment to publish every Monday. And so it didn't matter if it was Sunday night at 10 o'clock and I don't have an episode ready. I had to go get that done. And sometimes I'd be up till midnight or later just to get an episode ready. Um, but make it, I had to make that commitment and do it over and over again. Was it primarily an interview format or were you doing some solo podcast at this time or? Yeah, back then I would do some solo episodes every once in a while. I have a few things that I like to talk about. Um, particularly I love Habakkuk. I love Abraham's story. I love Daniel. Um, and Nebuchadnezzar, his story just astounds me. But, mm. um, so I would do, so I would talk about those every once in a while, but my show is called halfway there. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to talk about, um, the spiritual journey and give people examples of what it's like today for, for people. Uh, cause I think the, your definition of where you're trying to get to matters a great deal. And so if we think, um, that we're just, you know, I've had people say to me because I've been to seminary, Hey, you, you know, you know more than me. You're, you're so much more spiritual is the implication. That's just not true. <laughs> um, so I, I wanted to redefine kind of what that journey's like, how we go through um, periods of suffering. I'm sorry, my dog is like barking. Can you hear her? You know, I can't hear a thing. Okay, so, good. Then we'll yeah, just, we're just carrying it. Your mic is so good. We these are candid up, moments. So. Okay, well, <laughs> I can hear her. But, um, anyway, so I, I just wanted to normalize that journey. So I'm doing a lot of um, interviews. I get people on the show. I get them to tell me their story, and we go over the ups and the downs and the in-betweens. It's everything after, um, you know, my life was terrible. I met Jesus and now my life is great, which is how the testimony is usually told. Mm. Um, then we talk about what else happens. We do that too, because I think it's important, but we do the rest of the journey as well. So it's one thing to just start talking about your faith and your faith walk. And it's another thing transitioning out and saying, uh, actually I've got to somehow pay the mortgage with this too. So walk, walk me through that, that little, little transition as well. Yeah. Well, so we had some money in the bank. Um, and I had been planning this for several years, uh, which is why we had that. Um, because I knew that I did not want to stay in the financial industry. Mm -hmm. Also in 2014, I started to study for the series seven and 63 exams, which are, uh, licenses for stock brokers. The company I was at, maybe all financial industries do this or companies do this. I don't know, but that's kind of your bar, right? You have, once you get your licenses, then you can move up and into different levels of management. And I was really stuck because I didn't have them. And I so I studied and I didn't, I realized I didn't want them. Any industry that has to try to trick you with moral dilemmas mm-hmm. in order to certify you that you can do the job uh, is not an honest industry. And it's not yeah. what I want to be in. So I just couldn't, I didn't like it. It didn't resonate with my heart. Um, why was I telling you that? Where was I going there? Well, just the whole idea of transitioning financially. Transition, well, why yeah. did I transition? Yeah. Yeah. So that gives you an idea of like how I was feeling in the, um, in that, in that place. Um, so what happened is I was really desperate to make a change. And so we had put some money in the bank. Uh, I eventually we started doing some things around the company that were, um, you know, they were sort of measuring things to the point that they were saying, Hey, you know what, uh, how many, how many French fries did you make today? Right. How many, right. did you bounce? whatever. And it just felt like here I am with a master's degree. There's a kid across the aisle from me in the cubicle 
who sleeps at his desk and he's getting paid. I'm getting paid more than him, but he's still my not much, right? It's not okay. (laughs) I just didn't feel, it didn't feel good about kind of where I was headed. So I decided, Hey, this road that I was on, we always got 2% raises every year, unless the economy was bad and we got less than a 2% raise, Mm -hmm. which I understand that for some people it's like, you know, that's, you should be grateful for that. I get that. And there are lean years and there's, there's hard years. Um, but when you're not making very much, 2% is not that much. You yeah. know, often, often there were years when my um, income or would go up less than my health insurance, right? So, mm-hmm. And I know I'm not right. the only person in the world yeah. that that happened to, but it was really frustrating at a company that was reporting record profits. Mm-hmm. So I had to leave. Um, anyway, so that's eventually I just said to my wife, hey, I've got to do this. We've got to go. I knew that I would regret it if I didn't. I used to have a on my desk, this was torture. I don't know why I did this to myself, but I had a quote from Steve Jobs that said, um, you know, if you were going to die tomorrow, would you want to do what you're going to do today? And every day I would come in and look at that and go, nope. <laughs> no, this is nope, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't do it. I do not want to be here. I would be with my family. I would be at home. I might be out doing something fun, but I would not be in this place mm-hmm. with these people. Yeah. Um, and so, I had to leave. I had to make the choice. So, you know, I just stepped on an elevator. We're going to go up 10 stories. You got about 30 seconds. Give me your elevator pitch. What do you do? Man, I uh, tell people that their journey is with God is longer, deeper, and wider than they have been told. And I, help, I give them tools to, to navigate that well. And that, I mean, your monetization strategy is based on, I mean, I, I know that you've got some uh, like Patreon support going on. Yep. Are there other, other, you know, stream, revenue streams that you have kind of integrated into this as well? Yeah. So uh, working on a couple of things, I have Patreon, which I have some really faithful friends who are supporting me, which is amazing. They believe in what I'm doing. Um, I have t-shirts. So if you want to have for their t-shirt, uh, you can pick up one of those, um, which to be honest is like the coolest thing. I never imagined that before when I designed that logo, I'd put it on a t-shirt someday, but um, that's cool. Uh, so I have some merchandise. I also um, create these things I call eight day experiences. So way back, uh, maybe eight, eight years ago, um, I had this idea for short, small Bible studies um, sort of the opposite of the long 40-day study that takes you deep, do like the book of Ephesians in a month and a half or whatever, um, which is really popular. Uh, I just thought, what if we did, instead of um, that, if we did a, a eight-day experience where I could walk you through, really, it's just the practice of Lectio Divina, which I can talk about if you want, but mm-hmm. it's just a prayer practice um, yeah. that some people are familiar with, and I learned from the Jesuits that help you kind of meditate on the passage of scripture. And so the eight day experience, my first one's on Mark um, 1, 40 through 45. And it just takes you, you can meditate on it, think about what um, what's actually happening there, step into the story over a period of time. So you're just looking at one passage. So are those virtual experiences? Or are they, I mean, is it a PDF that you're walking people through? Yeah. Or are they coming to Denver with you? I mean, what's the... It's a download. So it's, it's, they're only eight bucks. They're cheap, right? But they're, it's just a download you, you can get uh, as a 30-page PDF and you just kind of work your way through it and see. Um, I have a printable version too so because it's got a lot of cool pictures. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to be inspiring. But then if you want a, like a printable version that's just the questions, you can do that and journal in it. 
as well. So tell me, give me kind of an idea of the typical guest you might have on your podcast. Man, I've had, I know it's eclectic, but yeah. It is eclectic. Yeah. So what I'm looking for is, first of all, faith in Jesus Christ. So that's my, that's my main thing. Kind of the baseline. Yeah. Yep. That, that is. I've actually been to a conference as an icon of influence. It's the New Media Summit put on by Steve Olsher, which if you're an author or podcaster, um, you know, coach, something like that, great conference to go to. Um, but that was, you know, it's people pitching you to get on your show. And so I had to kind of go, what are my standards here? Yes, I actually have to have faith in Christ. And other than that, I don't actually care much about what you do. I'm interested in it. And I want to know about what that's like. Um, so I have a lady who's coming on soon who's a chiropractor I met at that summit. Um, but she's a, she's a believer. And um, so we talked all about how God made our bodies and why that's, why that's amazing to, to think about and how she gets to see God work in a physical way every day. That's right. Amazing, right? Um, I talked I talk to John Schlitt, who was the lead singer of Petra, if you remember that band from back in the 80s Long and 90s. Ago, yeah. That guy has such an amazing testimony of how God brought him out of a basically a drug addiction and alcoholism into, into faith and then worldwide ministry. That is amazing. And then I have people who've done jail time and I've got people who, um, you know, who've just never known a day without Jesus, you know spiritual directors and pastors and just ordinary people. And I love it. So is the ultimate guest that you would, I mean, is the pinnacle other than Jesus himself, would it be Albert Pujols? Is that, oh, is that man. Who, who would be the, yes. You know who I'm looking person? for? Adam Wainwright. <laughs> yeah. I actually reached out to Adam Wainwright's uh, team this last off season and to see if I could get him on and they didn't respond. And I don't, you know, who knows if he's, if he's doing press or not, but I thought, man, I'd love to hear that guy. Cause he's, he's a solid believer too. Yeah. There's a, that, that is an interesting, like that kind of intersection of sports and faith. Oh, yeah. You know, that, yeah. that uh, I mean, they have such influence. It's such a platform. I got to have Jerry Schimmel on my show, uh, who he is one of the Rockies announcers here in Denver. Mm -hmm. And so he's on a 50 KOA radio every day, right? The, uh, when the Rockies are playing, his story is amazing. He wrote a book about it. He was on the flight that left from Denver. Uh, this was, I think, in the late 80s that crashed in Sioux City. Do you remember that story? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That he was on that airplane and survived. And that's actually what brought him to Christ. Wow. Whoa. I got to talk to him. That was amazing. I, um, I, this is, and there, there are some similarities. I mean, one of the guys that I interviewed was a, was a drone pilot that I interviewed on my podcast, like last year. And he told the story. I, I don't, I'm assuming it was like jet blue, easy jet, something like that. But he said the, something blew up in the, like in the overhead of the plane and it blew a hole in the top of the plane. And I said, so how far are you sitting away from that hole? And he said, I was at seat zero. He said, oh. I was at ground zero of the hole. And he said, it literally, um, he said, I, if I wasn't strapped in, I would have gone right out the hole. And oh. it's, I mean, he oh. said, he said, you could see this, this layer of dirt because the pressure changed. He said, like the dirt came out of the carpet and came up like it was almost like a, like a volcanic eruption. It was just in slow oh. motion coming up in the cabin of the plane and going up the hole. He said it was the most surreal thing you've ever Dude, seen. Dude, that is but, weird. Um, I, I have seen video of that, of that crash in Sioux city yeah. and evidently the pilots were, I mean, they were the heroes. I mean, they saved what 140 people yeah. 
on that yeah. flight or something like that. The just, pilot just died this year. Yeah. Um, which was, which is interesting, but that's, yeah, it was, a, it was an amazing story. Jerry t- does a great job telling it. He's got a show called amazing Americans that airs on here in a, in a podcast that is just, um, he just meets the most interesting people. That's the kind of work he likes to do. So yeah, it was great. It was, that's my favorite thing about podcasting is the people that you get to meet. Oh, no doubt about it. And just like I'm talking to you today, I mean, it, every, every guest I've had on has such a unique story. And, and mm. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like waking up in Disneyland every day. You know, it's, it is a new experience every Absolutely. time you get on the, you get on the mic and you, you could even start the, start the interview and think, you know, I, I think I've done my research. Um, you know, this, <laughs> this person appears to be somewhat at Joe average out there but they will say something somewhere along the line. You'll go, you know, just have one of those, those epiphanies, those wow moments. And you'll go, I would yeah. never have guessed that that was true or that that was the experience they had had or, or, and you just give people the space to share that. So I'm going to stop talking and give you more space. So, <laughs> well, I, so one of the things I do, there's two people that I've learned um, probably interviewing from the most. Um, and they're both a little bit controversial, I guess. One is Larry King. Mm-hmm. Because uh, yep. he just, that guy, how many interviews has that guy done? He's done yep. so many. And the other one is Rush Limbaugh. So they both say the same thing. Whatever you think of Rush Limbaugh's politics, I was a, you know, big, uh, you know, big talk radio guy for a long time. I'm, I'm moving now, but that's a different story. We can talk about that some other time. <laughs> but uh, what I like about both of them, they both say the same thing. They say, uh, let your curiosity lead. Mm-hmm. And that's how I've approached every single interview. I, when I have a name, somebody who, I just interviewed Oz Guinness. If you know who he is, yeah. that was pretty amazing. Um, Cause his book just totally when his book, a free people suicide totally changed my life. Um, but that uh, when I, so when I have somebody like that, I'll do a little research. I'll try to figure out like, okay, I need to know, but for the most part, I just want to hear the journey. I want to hear the story. And so I'm just going to ask questions. And like you said, when they say something, they go, huh, that doesn't, what does that mean? I won't let exactly. them get away with glossing over something. Yeah, like, no doubt. Take me into that. What was that situation like? let me let me experience it with you and that's, i think that's, that's what why i do that stories. kind of in the kind of the pre-interview notes that's why i say look we're going to chase some rabbits here and, and I, i'm going to i'm going to reserve the right to circle back and when you say something really interesting i'm going to come back and we're going to dive a little deeper but speaking of a little deeper dive i mean i'm i'm kind of curious who who would you say um say online i mean you kind of mentioned larry king and, and rush limbaugh and maybe other influences but is there somebody now that really would be a somebody you would look to that kind of really is a, has a lot of influence and a lot of, uh, um, you're really inspired by that's online. Yeah. Um, the first person that comes to my mind is Cliff Ravenscraft. Do you know yeah. Cliff? Yep. Yeah. I don't know him, but I know who he is. Yeah. Okay. Well, Cliff, okay. That's what I was asking. So he, um, he started out as the podcast answer man. He's done dozens of podcasts, um, and thousands of episodes. And he was one of the people I discovered with my queue listening to, to things. All the roads led to Cliff Ravenscraft. Right. And so I listened to his show. Um, last year, I went to his Free the Dream conference, which was astounding. It was beautiful. Um, helped me kind of put some, some ideas around how do you uh, change a mindset? How do you change, change who you are? That's kind of where he's going now into, into more personal development and motivation. And it was great. And so at the conference, I was like, Cliff, I'd love to have you on my show. He said, yeah. So um, actually, I'd, I'd sent him an email like a year before that, maybe. Mm-hmm. 
And he said, sure, you're, you're on the list. But his list was a long yeah. list. Well, and then know. I followed up after the conference and he said, yeah, let's do it. So we, I had him on this, um, this May. And then we, as he was advertising Free the Dream 2019, he came on again. We talked about beliefs, which was cool. But his whole thing of just doing, being who you are, doing the next right thing and not worrying about numbers necessarily, not worrying about uh, all the details if it's perfect, just getting it out there and serving an audience, that inspires me. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that message is so salient. I mean, today, especially because we can be so metrics driven and, and I mean, did, did it get likes? Did it get, you know, upvotes or whatever the, the, right. the metric is that we look at, but at the end of the day, I mean, are you really building your, your tribe, so to speak? Are you building your community? And um, is, there, is there a quote that kind of inspires you? Got anything yeah. taped up on your wall around your face? <laughs> uh, okay, I'll give you two. So one I have on my wall right here where my son made this little plaque and it says, let your faith be bigger than your fears. And then he says, the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Written by the Bible. Summary of the Bible. But I have in my uh, email a quote that I send out to everybody. Um, and it's from Oswald Chambers. He says, never make a principle out of your experience. Let God be as original with other people as he is with you. And that, um, particularly in my podcast, I, I try to um, adhere to that as much as I possibly can. There are, there are principles and ideas that we can draw out and things will resonate with different people differently. Uh, but I really try to not, um, I, I don't want to diminish somebody's experience because I don't think, because I don't agree with it. I don't want to, um, you know, I don't want to like just promote that everybody have an experience because somebody has it. Uh, so I try to just keep, that keeps me in perspective. And what I'm looking for then is what did God do? And what does that tell me about him mm. um, rather than how does that mean what, about what kind of experiences I have to have or things that I have to look for? Sure. sure. Yeah. And, it, and I, I think it also allows you to look at each person individually and, and just see, you know, how God may be working in their life, you know, right. uh, and in a unique and, and, and creative way. But is there a, um, as, as you look back, you know, kind of the transition you went through in, say, 2016, 15, 16, you know, into more full-time podcasting, walking out of the financial world, is there anything that you look back and you think, man, I wish I would have known that when I walked out that door, if, that I know now, that, you know, what's, what's one thing you wish you'd have known two years ago that oh, would have been a game changer? Um, I wish I would have known to have a better plan. <laughs> so, I, uh, I'm so glad I did what I did. I was, I had this idea, this picture in my head. I knew where this was going at a 2% raise. I never finished this. So I was getting 2%. The road I was on rose at a 2% clip. But where I wanted to be was on this mountain over here. And that I was just never going to get to that mountain on this road. So I had to take a right-hand turn, go down <laughs> the valley, yeah. and up in, in order to start to find um, where I wanted to be. And so, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a little challenging. I wish I would have had a little better plan. Um, at first, I was just happy to not have to go to that place. And mm -hmm. I was decompressing spiritually sure. and emotionally, I think. Yeah. Um, but um, trying to find the right thing. I wish I would have found the right thing first. Um, but also I don't think I would have ever found the right thing if I hadn't just taken a, taken a leap, you know, that I needed to do that. Um, 
and it's interesting. I think it was um, it's something I had to do for me. You know what I mean? And I know sometimes particularly Christians will get a little bit nervous when you say things like that. Um, but I knew I wasn't going in the right direction. And yeah. if I wasn't, so now, so I, I think I was telling you earlier, I'm working for a small book publisher as a, as a marketer. Well, I wouldn't have taken that job if I was still working at the other place. Right. Right. But this is going in the right direction. So I'm happy to do it. I have a, I have a theory that, that entrepreneurs need two things. They need the, the reward of success and they need the fear of failure. Yeah. As, as kind of the, the bookends that, that kind of drive us and, and, you know, in in what we do. And and if you have a, a great big safety net, I don't know that you will go through the development steps that you are, that you certainly wouldn't go through it with the urgency that, that you may actually need to go through. And um, you don't have to answer this, but I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm, I'm curious. So you, you said you kind of took not only steps to the, to the, to the left, but you also maybe took a few steps down before you came back up. How long did it take to get back to where you were, even financially, where you would say oh, yeah. I was level? Dude, I'm not there yet. So we're but, getting. You also, I mean, are there less expenses? Or I mean, you you kind of work on both sides of the equation. I mean, yeah, absolutely. We tend to spend what we make, you know, that type of thing. So yeah, I've well, I've kind of cut out a lot of those little things that I that I used to like, like my right. Audible subscription. <laughs> yeah, I don't listen to that anymore. Uh, stuff like that. Um, and there, there have been a few things, but also just, I find myself being willing to do other things, right. Other kinds of, of, of work that um, like a friend reached out and said, Hey, can you do a little graphic design for me? Okay. I can do that. Right. Yeah. Um, I've been working on trying to start a, a business editing podcast for others. You know, I got people who've, who've said, Hey, um, you know, we want to start a podcast. We don't know how, how you've done it. Can you help us? Yes. Yep. I'll edit it and I'll, I'll give you all the stuff. So um, that's been interesting and a little more challenging than I thought it would be, but it's, that's all that I'm pushing into. I mean, necessity is the kind of the mother of invention. I mean, Absolutely. as you're, as you're kind of placed in a position, it's like sink or swim, you know, kind of, kind of uh situation. And it's, it's, an, it's amazing how, how, um, resourceful we can be when mm-hmm. when we're forced to be but that also brings meaning that For was sure. one of the things i was missing yeah was i just didn't have meaning to the work it didn't matter if i showed up or not because other people would just do it and i wanted something where it matters if i show up if i show up if i don't show up nothing happens if i do show up maybe something will happen we did a little christian podcasters summit this year um in june a little tough my school we had a an incident at our school and that kind of threw off what, where my trajectory was. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, but the, um, but I tried something, you know, made 500 bucks, but I tried to have, uh, you know, had a whole day full of content for people that if you're a Christian podcaster would be hopefully valuable to. And that uh, was online or that was, it was online as a virtual yeah. summit, which was really fun, man. We had, we were in zoom like this and we had people mm-hmm. just kind of, uh, come in and they could ask questions in, in the thing. And I hosted it um, and had other people teach. I taught in a, a session. It was fun. So it's, it's these little things that you put together, these little projects that you have, have time to kind of work on and, and just kind of see the birth of, you know, even, even yeah. new ideas. And you can actually, you can pivot on a dime now. Right. You know, Absolutely. I never did that before. You created your lifestyle. Here's the beauty of that. What happened as a result of doing that conference 
um, somebody in the in my Christian podcasters Facebook group uh, recommended me to somebody at David C. Cook, which is a big Christian mm-hmm. publisher, and said, "Hey, this guy would probably be good to speak about podcasts." So I'm going in Nat to Nashville in November to speak about the value of podcasting to a bunch of book publishers uh, in a breakout session, and they're paying for for my stuff, right? So that never would have happened if I hadn't taken this little risk. And then that's I exactly yes. right. And I wouldn't have said yes to something like that because I'd had to take vacation time. Yep. And now you even pay for it yourself. Right. Exactly. <laughs> sure. That's exactly right. And this is a great place to kind of, kind of segue. And I, and I, I keep saying, I'm going to get out of the way so I can hear your story, but I, I really want you to kind of assume the, you know, the lectern yourself. And, and this is a, a section that we call the rising tide micro course where you really share from your area of expertise and, I just get out of the way. I'm a I'm an audience participant taking notes. So take it away, Professor. Cool. Yeah. Well, I am a podcaster and it's become really one of the things that I like to be known for. And so what I thought I would just share with you guys is uh, the three things that I think you need to know in order to start a podcast. And it's uh, basically there's there's three areas of questions that, that I will get. Uh, the first one is, what should I talk about? And that is really relating to your message and your voice. Uh, for most podcasters, I, I tell them to spend a lot of time here, figure it out, um, figure out your, you don't have to have, you have to nail your branding right away, but you do need to nail your audience right away. You need to know who you want to talk to, uh, what kind of value you're going to give them, and um, kind of how you're going to serve them best. Um, that message and voice will help. It's okay to do um, some practice runs to, to figure that out. You pro- did you do any practice runs when you, when you first started? I didn't because I'd listened to about 3,000 Entrepreneur on Fire episodes and it was a very <laughs> similar format. <laughs> so. All right, so you got that down. Uh, I did. I did a bunch. But you can, you can do things like that and it'll take you a while to get comfortable behind a mic, but that's okay. The other one is technology. That's the second thing. Um, everybody's worried. I think technology is the piece that holds a lot of people back. Even if once they have an idea, they know what they're going to do. They want to know what kind of microphone they have to get and how am I going to do all this? There's really not that many questions that you have to answer in the technology piece. Um, you need, uh, a, you need a way to record your voice. So you need a microphone, you need, um, a way to edit your content and you need someplace for it to live. That's really it. Once you make those decisions, it's a lot easier. Um, you could do every single one of those things for free. I don't recommend it um, because I think if you're going to do it, you should invest in it a little bit. But if you need to, and that's, it's, you know, things are scarce for you, that's okay. Do that. But it's, it's worth, you know, investing just a little bit. Here's the other thing. You can always upgrade. So this microphone that I've got um, is a Heil PR40 and it's one of the, one of the, premier microphones that you'll see people use and recommend. Um, I didn't start with that. I started with um, a different microphone. It's still a pretty good microphone, but it's one I just had. And so I started out using that just because I had it. And I was recording on this dumpy little laptop that needed extra RAM. It kept dropping all of my stuff. And so I'd have this wonderful little monologue and not be able to share it with the world. That was so frustrating. But I kept going because... I was, this is, I was motivated to get it done. Um, so whatever your equipment, even if your equipment works against you, start, right? Start and get, get going and don't be hindered by having to make those decisions. You don't actually have to make that many decisions. The third thing is 
um, how do you promote and grow your show? And that's the question. Once you, once you become a podcaster, everybody wants to know because it can take some time. This is where if you haven't nailed your branding, you need to figure that out. Knowing your audience will come in. Um, also, I am convinced um, that there's really only a few strategies that I've used, which is to get people on the show who already have audiences um, and have them come on the show. That didn't start out right away. My approach was um, I had people at my church. I would just interview them or people that I ran into and I would start saying, hey, you got an interesting story. Would you come on my show? And they would say yes, surprisingly, right? Because everybody's thrilled to talk about themselves. Um, and then, so that'd be great. And then I started to ask people online and, and reach out. Richard Jacobson was the first guy that I talked to that I didn't know before the interview. And he uh, had a whole, a whole platform and he was willing to share his story with me and share my podcast with his people. That was amazing. Um, and then as I've gone, I've worked my way up until, like I said, I've interviewed Oz Guinness. I think he's, he's probably one of the biggest names that I've been able to interview. Um, I've got a few others I'm, I'm looking for, but we'll see. Uh, so that's one strategy. I think don't be afraid to share your work. This is one that really um, frustrates me a lot. Uh, if you're going to make something, don't do it unless you're ready to share it. Like unless you're going to share it, even if it's not perfect, you should share it. So if you create a podcast, share it on Facebook, find different places that uh, will let you share it with them, whether it's in Facebook groups or pages, um, you be on Twitter, starting conversations, interacting with conversations. You, I'm not in love with Instagram right now, but, uh, you should be on Instagram too. Right. And, uh, a whole bunch of um, post posts on LinkedIn all the, every week because I want people to hear about my show, about my work, about what I'm curating for them. Um, don't be shy about that. I've, I've worked with uh, a lot of Christian leaders or not leaders necessarily, but Christian content creators who have a service or have something and they're afraid to be self-promotional. Well, you're not, you're promoting your, your value for your audience. And that's important. So you, uh, the three things are you have to decide what's your message and voice, what kind of technology you, you're going to do. And those are simple choices. And uh, how are you going to promote and grow your show? Give it time. That's the last thing there. It does take time. You're not, nobody's going to just discover you because you released an audio recording. Um, you have to keep just putting it out there over and over again. And like I said earlier, deciding you're going to do it at one time and hold yourself to it that will make all the difference. Well, that, that, uh, that actually is a great segue into kind of a, as, as we're wrapping up here, I, I, um, I wanted to kind of, so how can I wrap this up, kind of tie a bow around it here at the end and with a, with a question, I mean, you, you touched on it earlier about the whole idea of kind of, you know, uh, finding meaning in your work and, you know, the transition of gumming, you know, making widgets, you know, all day long in a cube to, you know, actually having to kind of put things together in a, in a creative way, even financially, how do you, how do you get creative financially on the, on the backside of that? So I'm just curious. I mean, um, I, I think I probably know the answer to this, but I'm, I'm curious to hear your answer. So if, if money was not an object, um, what would it look like if you had, you had, you know, um, just complete uh, all the talent opportunity in the world 
uh, what would what would that that iteration look like? That what what job would you be would you be doing? Other oh, man. Than podcasting right here with me. Well, yeah. If money was no object, if it was money, I would love to have some sort of uh, like media company, and that's kind of what I'm what I'm trying to where I'm trying to go. Uh, I would love to have a media company where not only are we doing podcasting and writing and publishing, but also movies. I want to make a movie someday. That's mm -hmm. something that I'm just, I don't know why I've wanted to do it since I was 16 years old and we'll see what happens with that. I'd love to make, maybe not, a wouldn't qualify as a Christian movie, but I I sometimes say I'd like to make a Christian movie that doesn't suck. You know, like <laughs> that would be good. I'm not sure it's possible, but we'll try. Maybe a little sci-fi theme. Something, you know, I th I just think you could, you can do it. But anyway, uh, it's, that's a lot of work though. That's something I, I like to do. Uh, if, like if money was really no object and I had the talent and opportunity, uh, however you want to everything, that, yeah. I would love to be a rock and roll singer. That's what I would love to do. <laughs> that's that's, that's ridiculous. The one thing I didn't tell you <laughs> is that uh, halfway there is both, it's both a, just an inspiring statement about the spiritual journey that we're never going to be there. We're always kind of on the journey, stay on the journey. Right. Uh, but it's also a little wink and a hat tip to Bon Jovi because <laughs> <laughs> nobody forgets living on a prayer. There you go. I've seen him. I've seen Billy Joel. I've seen, seen other people, their ability to command a crowd. Mm. Have you ever watched, have you ever noticed that? You ever watched mm. that? Like um, to just get a crowd on their feet, engaged in songs that they wrote. Yep. Man, that blows me away. I would love to be able to do that. Well, man, as we, we wrap up today, I, I have really enjoyed our chat today. So tell me, is there something that I haven't asked you about that you just would like to share with our audience just to kind of wrap this up and then let people know the best place to find you online? Yeah, I think we've covered so much. It's been really fun. Um, the reality is the entrepreneur journey is, or any journey is just, it's all in being present with it, being where you are right now, uh, accepting reality of that. And then um, taking strategic action to go forward. Uh, you know, some things work out, some things don't, but it's okay. It's okay to be, to be where you are. Um, it's too much to try to be anywhere else. So the, um, yeah, to find me, the best place to find me is my website, which is ericnevins.com. You can go there. I actually have a little um, download that you can get. It's called What to Do When You're Mad at God. Um, because this is part of the spiritual journey when you're mad at God, even if you're not mad at God right now, uh, things happen sometimes and that'll, that'll come up. Um, we, you know, things you can't predict. So uh, I would encourage you to go pick, pick that up. It's, uh, based on the book of Habakkuk, which nobody ever talks about. So if you haven't ever heard a sermon on Habakkuk, uh, you can study it with this little download. And I think it gives you, <laughs> it gives you a good, a good, uh, biblical response to being, upset with God or wondering where he is. That's so ericnevins.com. We will certainly have that in the show notes. Um, I mean, my, my little pet minor prophet is Haggai. So, um, nice. uh, you know, it's, it's re really close to Habakkuk. So great. Right. <laughs> right. Little H guys. I'll tell you what there, so. I have, I, man, do I have all the degrees? Like I've got a degree in biblical studies and the master of divinity and I could take a part of passage in Greek and the sentences and all that like anybody else. But when I started reading scripture as a looking for the relationships, looking for God's heart, totally changed my world. And so Habakkuk is one of those places where 
you watch Habakkuk go back and forth with God. That's where we get the righteous will live by faith. Mm. And he's asking, he's questioning God. And he says, hey, I'm going to sit here until I get an answer. I don't care how long it takes. That seems a little bit, a little bit brash, but he, he did it. And God says, yeah, all right, I'll answer. And I love it. I think God's big enough to, to handle those questions he too. He certainly, I love the, the passage that talks about, you just stand there and be amazed at what I'm going to do. Yeah. You just, just sit back, right. just sit over there and little man. Um, you know, right. it's like questions when, you know, God asks you, where, I'm sorry, where were you when I formed the mountains? Where were you when I, you know, yeah. did all this? So it's, it's great to have these uh, great universal questions by the creator that, you know, that uh, his creation are, are kind of challenging him with questions. And then he's like, um, just want to remind you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is yeah, a well, difference. That's, that's part of the, the beauty of Habakkuk is God answers his questions. He, he, he interacts with him back and forth, back and forth. And Habakkuk's response is just pure worship. In one of the most beautiful poems you've never heard uh, at the end there, it's just so gorgeous. Um, it's a, it's a real testimony to surrender, which I think um, is really what it's all about is just letting God be God and letting me be not God and, uh, and following, following him in a disciplined relationship. So that's uh yeah, I love it. Anyway, I don't really go into all that in the thing. It's more like looking at the back and forth, but you guys should get it. I would love it. Well, man, what a way to wrap up the uh, interview today at our, our chat. And uh, I mean, there were times that, you know, I just forgot that we had anything turned on and we were just two dudes just chatting on, you know, through a, through the, the medium of technology. But I really appreciate you coming on and just sharing not only your, your entrepreneurial journey, but your heart as well. And just thank you for just doing your part and playing your part and helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Eric, thanks again. Thanks, brother. It's fun.